by and large, parents try to do what the ex experts advise, and few have the temerity to question whatever the reigning medical guidance may be. In the early 20th century, doctors assured mothers that their infants would benefit from being placed in sterile isolation chambers where thousands of them died from the simple lack of physical contact with another living being. This is not the fault of the desperate, well-intentioned mothers who stood by helplessly while their sons and daughters drifted away. One could even argue that it wasn't the fault of the doctors who were after all acting in what they believed was the best interest of the children. We were given similar advice concerning formula over breast milk, cesarean delivery over vaginal, making the child sleep alone over being in bed with parents. It's easy to be wrong when one is arguing against natural processes refined over thousands of generations. We've all seen them and possibly been them, been them, the stressed out, struggling parents investing their last dime on ungrateful little brats who vengefully and loudly announce that they wish they'd never been born at all. Miserable parents, miserable kids. Strange way for the planet's most successful, quote-unquote, species to reproduce, and it seems that this woefully impre woeful impression isn't based on just an occasional bad day, at least in the United States. Researchers found that the so-called happiness tax paid by American parents is the highest in the developed world. Americans without children were far happier than those with children. A gap significantly larger than found in the United Kingdom, Australia, or the other 22 cultures studied. Apparently, American parents are miserable because they find themselves in the wrong side of the vaunted individualism so central to their national self-image. Quote, the negative effects of parenthood on happiness, concluded the researchers, were entirely explained by the absence or absence or the, by the presence or absence of social policies that support parents. Unquote. In Denmark, Sweden, other countries with social policies that help parents combine childcare with their work responsibilities, there was no happiness gap at all. My kids, my family, my problem. And the kids have it just as bad. The authors of the Duke Child and Youth Well-Being Index recently reported that children's health was sunk, has sunk to its lowest point in the 30-year history of the index. Unquote. Nearly 8 million American kids suffer from mental disorders with prescriptions for psychotropic drugs for kids up 49% just between 2000 and 2003. A not unrelated finding is that between 1997 and 2003 there was a drop of 50% in the proportion of children aged 9 to 12 who reported spending time hiking, walking, gardening, and so on. According to research by Sandra Hofferth, a research professor at the Maryland Population Research Center and expert on how children spend their time, in a similar finding, researchers in Scotland clipped small devices to the waistbands of 78 three-year-olds for a week, 
they concluded that the toddlers were physically active only about 20 minutes per day. And American children are far more likely to be physically abused than children in other developed countries. Between 1994 and 2004, approximately 20,000 American children were killed by family members who, in their own homes. That's four times the number of American soldiers who died in Iraq and Afghanistan during the same period. According to data compiled by Michael Pettit, president of Every Child Matters, the child maltreatment death rate in the United States is triple Canada's and 11 times that of Italy. But Pettit is not blaming parents who are struggling with a social system that is flawed at best, pathological at worst. When you receive no significant support from your society and have to work two jobs just to pay for the daycare that allows you to go to work, nobody can blame you for putting your kids in front of the television, feeding them whatever you can afford, and not wanting to spend the night comforting them when they're restless. Many progressive European societies have policies that replicate hunter-gatherer parenting values by assuring community support for parents via generous maternity and paternity leave, subsidized medical and child care, and free education. Parents in the United States and other societies less aligned with the deeply human communal values are struggling, not because they had bad parents, but because their culture places wildly unrealistic demands and expectations on them, on them abandoning them with, when they need most help. The United States has one of the highest relative child poverty rates in the developed world, according to UNICEF, finding that children's material well-being was highest in the Netherlands and in the four Nordic countries and lowest in Latvia, Lithuania, Romania, and the United States. Anthropologists agree that very close mother-infant contact, late weaning, and indulgent responsiveness to infant carrying were highly characteristic of the hunting gathering groups Unquote. tragically the same studies show that whether measured by body contact sleeping distance response to crying or weaning age mother infant contact and maternal indulgence of infants were lower in the united states than in 176 less advanced cultures quote unquote included in the study but again i want to stress that this is not a failure of parenting but a failure of civilization Few mothers wouldn't choose to spend quality time with their kids if they could, but not alone and not after working all day. Human beings are cooperative breeders, to use Hardy's terminology. It is our nature to raise our children in community, but the modern world too often blocks that option, fracturing opportunities to raise children in ways that they and their parents are evolved to expect. Violent, aggressive societies have a natural tendency to replicate themselves. When development neuropsychologist James Prescott pr conducted a meta-analysis on tribal cultures, he found that it was possible to predict what 80% of ac with 80% accuracy the peaceful or homicidal violence of 49, 49 tribal cultures from a single measure of bonding between the mother and her daughter, her child. The peaceful or violent nature of the other 10 cultures studied could be predicted by whether youth sexual expression was supported or punished. In short, Prescott wrote, 
these two measures of affection bonding could pr predict with 100% accuracy the peaceful or violent nature of these 49 tribal cultures distributed through our throughout the world unquote other other researchers have found statistically significant correlations between low mother infant contact and higher quote frequency of drunkenness unquote later in life more reported violent behavior greater frequency of suicide depression and behavioral problems Richard Louvre, author of The Last Child in the Woods, Saving Our Children from Nat Nature Deficit Disorder, has attributed much of this mess to recent cultural shifts in the American experience of nature over the past century. Quote, from direct utilitarianism to romantic attachment to electronic detachment, unquote. Louvre reported that, quote, each hour of TV watched per day by preschoolers increases by 10% the likelihood that they will develop concentration problems and the other symptoms of attention deficit disorders by age 7. Unquote. The mismatch between the human animals and the demands of society is profound and tragic. The real disorder, Lou wrote, is less in the child than it is in the imposed artificial environment. To take nature and natural play away from children may be tantamount to withholding oxygen.